welcome to another episode of Good Luck High Five, episode 569. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, whether you have food poisoning or you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of your food poison hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your food poisoned hosts, Megan. And we are coming to you live, despite the fact that we both had very tough weekends. You know... Sometimes you gotta barf. Sometimes you do. Sorry to kick off this podcast well, talking about you know, barfing. Look, it's just honesty. We come yeah. to you honesty first here on Good Luck High Five. Very true. And we are laying low this week, uh, yeah. but we wanted to be here for you because we're closing out the year. And do you know what's wild is you might assume, as some people did, that we would have been food poisoned right, together at the same at the same, at the same situation. Event. Yes, <laughs> but we were not. No, I was completely thousand, separate. I was a thousand miles away. Yeah, in Denver. I don't blame it on Denver. <laughs> I have exonerated the city of say, Denver. I'm not going to bring a suit against Denver. Exactly. Uh, Denver generally <laughs> real nice. Like it. It's I like g- it. Great city. Great mountains. Yes, good place. Uh, no, we don't blame Denver for what happened to us. Um, but, you yeah, know. Yeah. Here we are. And Maria. Yes. Do you blame Minneapolis? Minneapolis? No, I don't. Well, I don't nice. blame Minneapolis. I can't yeah. pinpoint it. So. If I could, perhaps I would, but I can't, so I shan't, but, you know? But here we are. Here we are. And to talk to you. There's a lot to talk about, frankly. There is. Because we're coming out on the end of the year, and wow. these are some of my favorite episodes to record yes. of Good Luck High Five, to no celebrate how everything. how your stomach is feeling. <laughs> well, we're full of Gatorade and sal- saltines right now. Very true. <laughs> saltines. What a cracker. Oh, I'm so glad they were invented. Yeah, me too. They were probably invented... Well, I was going to specifically s- for specifically, being sick. Well, or I was for a well, war. I was going to say for the reason that graham crackers were invented, but you can Google that if you don't know why. <laughs> and Uh-oh. we'll talk about it on the adult version of this show. Uh, good luck, high five after dark. Um, <laughs> But no, <laughs> there's because it's the end of the year. We get to talk about kind of like what the year was like for us in Magic the Gathering and for all of you in Magic the Gathering. Next week will be our famous Crimbies episode, oh, which uh, yeah. will be the awards for the best and the worst of the year. You know, looking Guess forward. Crimby for worst in the year. Spoiler alert is going to go to Chris Cox. Well, yeah, absolutely. He gets just worst. Worst what? Just worst. <laughs> just worst. Worst of the year. We, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's so true. We reported on Good Luck Hype, not Good Luck the upkeep this week about the layoffs at Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, which if you didn't hear, were very, very brutal coming here at the end of the year. 1,100 employees laid off across the company. Absolutely disgusting. Some of our favorite what, friends yeah. at Wizards. Um Getting laid off. Some really wonderful people making great stuff. The people who greenlit Baldur's Gate 3 all got laid off. And then you consider the fact that that's the reason why Hasbro made any money. Well, for sure. Wizards Uh, is their profitable arm. Yes, exactly. And yet they laid people off. And Chris Cox, in the meantime, made over $10 million this year. And he's not announced any plans to take a pay cut, by the way. Of course not. Of course not. I just want to say that's heinous. And I don't you should feel bad. It. Like, of course, <laughs> I obviously cannot put myself in the mindset of this human being because it is so foreign and he to me. He comes from Wizards of the Coast. He comes from Wizards of the Coast. That's exactly. what makes me even matter. Well, they gave him a Hasbro because they thought that he was the reason why Wizards of the Coast was successful. <laughs> and it turns out that he's has nothing no. to do with it. No. It's the people who are actually doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. Who are making it successful and not some magical CEO situation. No, that's a myth. It's always been a freaking myth. The magical CEO is like the manic pixie dream girl. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. It's like a a film trope except it's a business trope. If only we had the best CEO who only we had a magical CEO. (laughs) One magical man is how we're going to to turn a profit wrong. No. Anyways, we could go on about this for the full hour of this podcast. But we're not going to. We feel terrible about everybody who lost their job. They did not deserve it because they put in a banner year of work with record profits for Wizards of the Coast. And also just to clarify, when people are talking about these layoffs, if someone says to you, oh, it would be like Wizards of the Coast would lay off employees. It's not them. It is Hasbro Hasbro. specifically. Yeah. So (sighs) real two real bummer ways to start off this episode, but we had to talk about it. Wow. But let's get into the festive spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Slap some glitter on this pig and let's go. Oh, God. Slapping glitter on a pig. What an image, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 
2023, what a year of magic. We're going to talk about the yeah. year of magic that was. Um, and we're also going to invite a very special guest on the show to talk to us about the year in magic. Ooh, yeah. That is Judge Rob. He's going to tell us about the most complicated cards of the year. I love this segment, everybody. It's so fun to look back on the cards that made us go, hmm, what? Yeah. And made other people say, did you read the card? Yes. <laughs> And then be like, oh, did, did you actually, but, and <laughs> but did, did you, you read it again? actually read the card? Did you actually read the card? <laughs> and we're going to give you an update on our progress for Commander the Amateuring yeah. uh, with us learning the Commander format. And we both are starting our little journeys into yeah. building a uh, hundred card decks. And I've already found that I may have made some mistakes and I'm not even a weekend. So great. You may have made some mistakes starting off with your commander. Yes, like exactly. Very first piece very in place. Very first pick. That's wow. Okay. You know, that's, that's all part of yeah. the amateuring process. Exactly. Here on the show. Um, but before we do, hey, let's close out the year strong on Patreon. Yes. What do you say? Oh, man, we are. Thanks to some wonderful Yay. new patrons oh, and so increasing excited. pledges. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's a patron, but especially to Aston, Marco, Alex, Jeff, and Braille Whale. Yay! Thank you so much, friends. Thank you so much. Um, Aston, you're the last Bastion. <laughs> Of, of hope between us and food poisoning. Hey, that's really good. Yeah. Thank you, Aston. Thank you, Aston. Marco, you should, Mark, go give yourself a high five. You should. <laughs> Absolutely. You're, you're really keeping our spirits high at the end of the year. Thank you, Marco. Alex, Alex, us, give you a high five. <laughs> Wait, you're making Marco high five themselves, and we're giving Alex. Yeah, I'm a high sorry. Five. Yeah, I don't make Rude. the rules. I just make the puns. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Alex. Yes, um, Jeff. Jeff. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we've had a other Jeffs this year so yes. far. Uh, Jeff, well, you're well, the best. No, that's <laughs> Jeff deserves better. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> you don't have to guess how much how. How much we appreciate how you. How much we appreciate you. That's right. Jeff, you don't have to gaff how great you are. We're telling you. You're oh, the best. Because this Jeff spells a G-E-O-F-F. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, great. Um, and Braille Whale, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Well, I happen to know that this is our friend Nels. And oh, that's true. And his friends Nels. donating yes. uh, to our show. So thank you, Nels and friends. Nels. <laughs> You know, let's let's put on our bells to celebrate. <laughs> Braille whale, there's no way we'll fail sailing into a new year. Yeah! <laughs> that was the best one of the year right there. <laughs> and we're going to come sailing in on our yacht that's a log with a garbage can oh, taped yes. to it. I still need Don't worry. <laughs> if you if you are in the in line for a If you're in, in line for an I helped <laughs> what is it? I gave Megan and Maria, Maria yacht money. money, or I helped Megan and Maria get arrested by the yacht police. Yep. Um, don't worry. Those shirts. I am working on how to put those shirts together, and we they have will be coming your way. We have our um, oldest listener challenge, which we need to fulfill by the end of the year as well. Yes. Um, which goes to a 58, listener. 15 or fifty nine. I think is the current yes. lines that we so, have. So, um, that's that's the limit, everybody. Yes. So let us know. If you think you're going to beat that. Um, All right. Because you get a shirt too. What a wrap up of the year. Such a great year. Yeah. And we've got one more episode this year yet to get to you. So we missed no episodes this year. I just want to point that out. Wow. We never miss an episode. That's pretty great. A couple of years we did miss like one. Once upon a time. That's Once so long a time. ago. But this year, full, no. full year. 365. How many weeks are in a year? <laughs> 52. <laughs> 52 weeks. 52, 365, um, seven. Help us uh, start off 2024 strong, everybody, by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash Magic. We would love to have you as a part of the family, give you a pun um, to close off the year and just like, you know, support the content creators that you love because it's a tough world out there for podcasters, for people who work for Hasbro, which we don't, but you know. We sometimes work as contractors for yeah. them, you know, like it's, it's tough. So your support truly does help this show happen all 52 weeks of that year. And you're, if you're like, Hey, why, why was Megan just briefly spacing out right now? Um, it's because I'm reading about the invention of the graham cracker and it is bizarre. I can't stop reading about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm thinking of the graham cracker, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Good. <laughs> uh, we also want to say thank you to Card Kingdom. You can check them out on the interwebs over at cardkingdom.com yes. slash GLHF. I know that many people on here are not arena players. And yep. if you are not, then please, this holiday season, if you can, give yourself the gift of going to Card Kingdom, buying a box of Concept Arc here. I look to make sure that oh, they have them. Yeah. And then and then drafting it. Absolutely. Because it is so good. It's great. It's so good. I was worried that it wouldn't live up to my memory of it, but it absolutely does. The hype maintains. It is so stellar. Um, and Card Kingdom has those boxes in stock. Oh, so if you're not yeah. an arena great person, idea. you too can indulge in like the beautiful nostalgia of drafting cons of Tark gear because what a format. What a fun what a holiday format. party for you and your friends. It's so fun. Um, it is. It's I played in the arena open with cons of Tarkir, which is also very fun. Oh. I think it's a little harder and sealed <laughs> for a lot of reasons yeah. because of the five color nature of the format. But uh, a draft, I think it, it it excels. I think it's, it's so good. I, I don't know how they got it so perfect, yeah. but they really did. They really did. So thank you, Cons of Turkey. Check them out at Card Kingdom. You can also order Ravnica Remastered right now. Oh, that's true. Over on Card Kingdom. They've got it ready to go um, when it releases on January 12th. So you can find that and more all over on cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. here with a very quick commander of the amateuring update for you yeah as promised last episode first i'll just say mine which is that thanks to again some people in our discord yes um i have landed on the commander <gasps> that wow. i will be initially trying to build which okay. is narset enlightened master why did you pick this narset there's so many narsets oh because listen to this three <laughs> blue red white for a three two legendary creature human monk first strike hexproof that's the favorite well, word of I'm, I'm here for that. Whenever Narset Enlightened Master attacks, exile the top four cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may cast non-creature spells from among those cards without paying their mana cost. That's very good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the only thing that I have already, the only thing that I have already identified yeah. as my weakness is that I need to do something besides just draw some cards. Yeah, you're gonna be like, and what about this card draw spell? And like, what about this I just card need to. I need to make sure that I have in mind some way I'm going to win the game. Well, you could mill yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With and then like have a or you know like just like a draw, lab maniac or whatever. Yeah, draw your entire library. No max hand I was size. Just thinking, we were just talking about concept arc here, and I've been playing the goblin slide deck, so oh, maybe it's yeah. going to be something along the lines of like making a bunch of tokens somehow. Wow, empty like the chions. Exactly, or like Talran Sky Summoner Ooh. who makes two twos, like two two drakes, yeah, that's a cool one. or something. So I feel like there's something like that in my future okay. with. You know, making some tokens when you cast instants and sorceries. That's a great idea. Um, I have also likewise been going down the rabbit hole on which commander to use. Yes. Because last week I said very confidently that it was light paws. Yes. And I even made it, you know, like I was ready to look into light paws. I found some some decks. But then um, I made a poll because somebody else was like, what about Sithis Harvest Hand? And I was like, yeah. I do love Sithis. She's cheap. I like that about her. I like being able to cast your commander early in the game. Um, and she never pays for dinner. <laughs> um, and she gains you life and you draw cards every time you cast enchantment, which I love. So I was like, ooh, I, I also kind of like Sithis. So I made it, even made a poll. And they were in a dead heat on Twitter for a long time until I went into our Discord and made the same poll. And then our patrons were like, hold up, Maria. Slow your roll. Because there's way more than just Light Paws or Sithis for yeah. you if you want to play an enchantment deck. And they gave me a ton of great ideas. Um, they sent me to edhrec.com, which is a great website that like gives you a ton of information about commander decks. And there's, if you want to play enchantments, good news. Yeah. There's one in almost any single color combination Ooh. you can imagine. Um, including many that I didn't even know existed, like this one that I've got my eye on. Uril, the Mist Stalker. Yeah, I love this this art. This guy yeah. is real spooky. He's I, for one. It's creepy. This is a 5-5 five five for two red, green, white, which is Naya colors, which I, I often identify as a Naya player or a Naya human. A legendary creature beast. Hexproof. Okay, great. Thumbs up. Uril, the Mist uh, Stalker, gets plus two, plus two for each aura attached to it. Wow. So he's like a little, you know, core spirit dancer. He a big, a big, he a, he a big core spirit, spirit dancer. dancer. Um, and he's hexproof, which I love. And you can Voltron him up and just go to town. Yeah. So 
Earl's now in the wa- in the running. All right. Okay. But also, I'm not even done yet. Wow. Okay. Because I also liked this card. This is a new one. Elevir of the Wild Court. Oh, all right. Two green white for a 4-4 legendary creature human knight. Whenever Elevir of the Wild Court enters the battlefield or attacks, create a virtuous roll token attached to another target creature you control. Um, whenever an enchanted creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. They also just look like they're having a great time with all these animals. Yeah, it's a very cute card. So many animal friends. They're and very I, cute. I like the incentive for attacking with a bunch of stuff because I really like to attack. And so that that card specifically gives you an incentive to do so. Yeah. Um. So really my question is like, do I want to do the little Sithis thing where I'm gaining life and drawing cards, which is, you know, very up my alley. Like it reminds me of the SRAM deck that I love. Do I want to Voltron up Uriel and like never yeah. die because he's like a boggle? Or do I want to be incentivized with a bunch of smaller creatures to attack so I can Ooh. draw off them. Maria, I'll I here's my two cents. Yeah. You could put squirrels in the in the last one that you were oh, talking about. Oh, that would about. be cute too. I'm squirrels. Ah, oh, squirrels. That's another deck I could consider too, a squirrels deck. Yeah. It's a lot of tokens. <laughs> um, but look, you can even sort by if you're like I want to do a theme. What theme are you interested in? Auras. Yeah. And then it gives you the top commanders of which it's area of the charmed apple actually, oh. which I would never have guessed or thought of. And then they give you top cards to use in these. Uh, there's a bunch of deck lists sorted by their dollar amounts or however you want to sort them. Anyway, super interesting. Um, Very cool. What theme would you say you're most interested in? Drawing cards. <laughs> Is that a theme? <laughs> Is that a theme? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, drawing cards. Drawing cards. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it is a theme. I'm sure Narset is great at, at drawing cards. Though, I think so. that she, you know, I think that she is. Uh, so we've got we've got a basis here. I started to look up land base, which is something we can go into in another, another yeah. episode because it's super complicated um, and interesting, right. actually. Um, Frank Karsten wrote a great article about it. Of course he did. Because uh, of course he did. So now I've got to make a tough choice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I look forward to hearing more. I look forward to hearing about the time when instead of stepping backwards as you did between last week and this week, yeah. you step forwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know. I don't know how I'm going to choose. You must. I must choose. You will choose because you must. Listeners, if you have a if you know which one I should choose, please send me a message and let me know because Maria, you must make this decision <laughs> for yourself. No one else can make your first commander deck no. decision. You must. You must. You must. Oh my gosh. So yeah, we'll we'll find out, you know, next week what happened. <laughs> everybody we've got judge rob here uh welcome on the show again judge rob yeah i feel like you you haven't left you know i don't really leave anymore Um, (laughs) we keep rob trapped here in the studio and it's a gilded cage yeah yeah i mean it's underneath that table that you put it out there well that yeah that's true it's a little it's a little tight (laughs) like you sized it to you uh, which would have worked better if yeah that's true um you came up to like here on me well i think you know we slide you lettuce through the bars every yeah. few hours yep. for a meal. <laughs> like, like a guinea wow. pig. <laughs> like, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> like a guinea pig. I don't think I put this together yet, but we, we might be the we might be the bad Have we unlawfully imprisoned Rob? <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we've broken him out of his cage here for this yeah. segment um, <laughs> that we're calling the top 10 most confusing cards of the year. It's true. Um, I have 10 new confusing cards in this year, plus an honorable mention. Ooh, excellent. Aww. Yeah, we had the segment last year, which was very fun. Yeah, it's it going through them and then sending them out to my judge friends and being like, do you have suggestions? They're like, this one. I'm like, oh, I forgot that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love it. A segment that's not only fun, but also very merited. Yeah. <laughs> very merited. The cards themselves. Uh, this, this year was uh, not quite as bad as last year, actually. No, last year we had some real bangers yeah, of Le- confusing Le- Le- cards. Yeah, and Magpie and the, oh, yeah. the six-sided cards. Yes, that um, one was oh, yeah. unreal. Uh, they were both bad. So before we talk about that, though, I wanted to mention um, so Magic Kids yes. wearing the shirt and uh, Magic Kids this year has done a lot of work. And uh, you you do a lot of work with Magic Kids, yeah, which I, for people who don't know, what is that? So Magic Kids is a charity organization that provides kits to schools to do magic clubs. So uh, a school teacher or an after school person or somebody who's running up like a 
like a, a gathering at a boys and girls club or something will come to Magic Kids site and say, hey, I've got this group of, you know, a dozen or 15 or 50 kids. Can you send me a kit? And Magic Kids puts kits together with Wizards of the Coast, with Card Kingdom, and with other partners. Um, Ultra Pro provides some amount of product to them, or like sleeves and deck boxes and stuff too. And then they ship these out for free to the schools. They don't pay anything. Yeah, it's a great program. And yeah. we've been back in paper playing a lot of tournaments this year. We just had DreamHack this past weekend, yep. which Magic Kids was at, teaching yep. people how to play. And it's just kind of like a neat way to look at kind of how the year went because we've been in so much, we've had such a great return to paper play yeah. that we're able to do these events and have Magic Kids there yeah. teaching people. And the, the ramp up to paper play, Magic Kids was at doing learn to play. They did every dream hack this year. So all of the ones that had regional championships, um, they went to Gen Con, they went to cube con, hung out and cubed with some wizards employees. Like Mr. Toro was there and hung out with, uh, with, uh, with Jason. Um, and they were at every us magic con as well. And so they had a booth there. They were packed at all of these. Excellent. At, at all the magic cons, I'd go up there and be like, I can't even find space to sit. This is great. And so they did learn to play and they did a bunch of Oathbreaker, which is the format that, that everybody in Rochester, that's associated with Magic Kids plays. That's Rochester, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, Rochester, Minnesota. <laughs> the, the the more medically inclined Rochester. <laughs> um, the, the Rochester you want to go to if you need to be hospitalized. You don't want to yeah. go to New York, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and so overall this year, though, uh, Magic Kids got together with Wizards as part of the Hasbro Day of Giving. And they did 500, they built 577 of these kits in a day. Wow. Wow. Which is incredible. Um, and... So they they got together. That was, it was a huge undertaking. Um, and the kits this year, so overall, they've gone out to over 2,000 different educators, teachers, uh, local community organizers that work with kids. Um, we've we've covered um, over 100,000 kids. All 50 states have gotten kits. Um, the average club size is 43 kids. Wow. Which is great. huge. Yeah. So I started with some low numbers, but they're, like, we're, they're pretty substantial. Um and this, you know, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt you, Rob, no, no, but no. I just got to say, I see all the time people on Twitter or whatever asking, what do I do with my bulk? And the answer is, we're sitting donate. here telling yeah. you, you can donate it to Magic Kids. It's a great organization that does a great thing teaching kids how to play magic and yeah. learning social skills through that. Yeah. So like, it, like donate to Magic I, Kids, okay? I am better at math and reading because I play magic. Absolutely better at um, math. No question. Um, This year, the kits went out to at least 30 clubs a week, basically every week. So it's over 1,500 kits that went out. Um, 91% of the ones that went out this year went to new programs. Ooh, awesome. So that that is reaching more people. Um, I know from talking with Jason that they, the, that, um, the best proxy that we have for serving, you know, uh, underserved areas versus ser versus served areas, ones that have better educational programs in a local area is zip code. And he says that a lot of them go out to less, less, uh, less privileged zip codes, which gives a lot more reach to them um, because we want to get things into people's hands that really can make the best use of them. So, well, that's fabulous. Yeah. Thank you for the update, Rob. We love Magic Kids on the show, and yeah. I wanted to know what they were up to this year. And it's great to know a, so many kids are getting it's these It's been cards. a busy year. I um, let some friends know about this, one of whom, it turns out, was just this year put in charge of her school's Magic Club mm. and was like, what do I do? And ordered a kit and was like, it was great. Like, oh, it that's was awesome. So, like, the kids were Wait, so was she, excited. Was she like, put this in charge of this, just like, like appointed? Like, yes. you will do this. And she's <laughs> like, oh, no. And she was like, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we've got good news for you. Exactly. So yeah. if you are appointed to a club. <laughs> <laughs> or or you're just involved with, yeah. like, everybody is either involved with or has a friend with that's involved with a, a school system in some way, I find. Yeah. Because oh, it's just the, true. Yeah, it's exactly. the nature of life. And so I've I've talked to a bunch of people and been like, look, come to the contact site, magickids.org. And there's a contact us form and it lets you request the kit. And it has not just the cards and stuff, but educational materials. Yeah. Because I I assume that they found the educational materials pretty helpful in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. She, she had to learn to play along with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it, you don't actually need to know magic to, to do this either no. because of that. Like, it helps you. Yeah, it helps. But it's not necessary. So that's our Magic Kids update for 2023. Yeah. And now let's Yay. turn to the most confusing cards of 2023. Yeah. So I focused on standard cards this year, mostly because I didn't want to read every card in the Doctor Who decks for a fifth time. Um <laughs> Well, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I, fair like, I, they're good. They're fun. They're, they're really interesting and great decks and cards, but also like, I don't want to, I don't want to think about the time travel mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So the I have one honorable mention of a non-standard card, which is the one ring. And Rob, are these in order from least to most confusing? Generally, okay, there's, a, there's some there's some froth in there a little bit, depending on how much how unhappy I am with the card from questions that I've gotten. Uh, but yeah, so my honorable mention is the One Ring. Uh, we've all seen it. Legendary artifact costs four mana. <laughs> we've all seen it. We know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, the the big thing that it has going for it is it says when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, you gain protection from everything until your next turn. Uh, giving players protection turns out to be weird. We don't do that very much. Yeah. And this doesn't remind you what protection does on the card. No. There's no room for that. No room. Certainly not in Dark Elvish or whatever the one of one ring was. Yeah, no. (laughs) And so there, yeah, reminder text in Elvish would be, I would be like just... I would be over the moon if they put in a reminder text in Elvish. That would actually be, I would actually try to find an <laughs> Elvish card think, I don't think text. it was Elvish. It was like Dark Lord Sauron yeah, it's the, speak yeah, or it's something. The, it's, the, it's the dark speech. Or yeah, what, dark or speech. Soren's, that's right. Soren's speech. But so the big deal with the protection is that people don't realize that protection is a prevention effect. So cards like Stomp, the the adventure from Bonecrusher Giant or Questing Beast, say that damage can't be prevented, which means they can get around protection, which people will be like, this card's bugged on... Uh, and when they, when they get got by one of these. Uh, they also don't realize they can't target themselves because it gives you protection from everything, not just your opponent's stuff. Oh, yeah, so of it, course. It, it, I I had to point this out during the top eight of a modern event that I was running for Nerd Rage. I was like, you cast the one ring, you said trigger, your opponent agreed, you both agreed that it resolved, and then you cast endurance and tried to target yourself with the endurance trigger. Uh, 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 you uh. can't do that. And they're like, but I have no cards in my library. And I'm like, I guess we go to game three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they protection scooped. goes all ways yep. as far as one ring is concerned. Yeah, because wow. it's it's not an effect that we do very much, and so people don't remember all of the contours of protection, uh, especially on a player. It's just weird. I mean, it is tough. I'm trying to remember the last time I had to think about protection. I think it was an aura that granted you certain protections. Yeah. Um, and like, ju- like there's a mnemonic DEBT, which is accurate enough for most circumstances. It prevents damage, enchanting, equipping, blocking, and targeting. That's right. Yeah. And it, it's not strictly true, but it's close enough that you can remember what's going on. Um, Coming in at number 10. Number 10, Godric, the Cloaked Reveler. Uh, he's red, red one. He's a three, three. He's a human noble with haste. And he has celebration. As long as two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, Godric Cloak Reveler is a dragon with base power and toughness 4-4, flying, and red, dragons you control get plus one, plus zero until end of turn. It loses all other creature types, it lets you know. The human noble gets wiped out. Um, the problem with Godric is... Uh, the layering and timestamp system in Magic, and we're going to come back to this oh over and God, over. Oh, God, you said layering and yeah, timestamp, and I already I'm knew sorry. it was going to be a problem. Uh, so, oh so Godric comes out, <laughs> and then your opponent puts a cursed roll on it. Because there's a lot of ways to put a cursed roll in this limited format. Yeah. That's true. And what the cursed roll came out after Godric, which yep. means it has a newer timestamp. We time can stamp. all agree on that. Yep. And so it, then Godric, his celebration will happen. We'll go up to the other player's turn. They'll be like, I'm going to play a mouse and make a mouse token. And then Godric will... His static ability, because this isn't a trigger. Yeah, he's as long as as long as celebration has happened, he tries to do this thing. But his timestamp, the timestamp of his celebration static ability, is based on when he entered the battlefield, which means it has an earlier timestamp than curse roll that came out after him to go on. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. Which means yeah. that he won't be a four four. He'll still be a one one. Because the the later timestamp from the cursed roll overwrites this ability, even though this ability like happened later, or you think it does, it's timestamped with him, which is before the cursed roll. What? That is bizarre. <laughs> it's that's the most bizarre thing I've ever. It's terrible. I, I hate it. But he it. does have flying, right? Yeah, he'll have flying. Well, that's nice. Yeah, uh, because cursed roll isn't removability, ability, so I'll just yeah. set power and toughness. So he'll still be a dragon. He'll still have flying. He'll still have the ability to fire breathe all your dragons, but he'll be a one one. So weird. Amazing. It's very strange. Um, yeah, this is a it, like I think I would have made this a trigger because that's a very annoying af- effect. But uh, the difference with it being a trigger is this is uh, as soon as a permanent's come out, he just turns on. Uh, I mean, you don't have to click through a trigger on arena, which is better gameplay. Yeah, I guess. But that is so counterintuitive. It's very so counterintuitive. Weird. Godric, congratulations. You're number yep. 10. Uh, number nine. Amalia <laughs> Benavides. Aguirre. Aguirre? Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, so Amalia here 
she's the black. star of the last weekend. I want to say. Well, yeah. and that's actually part of my problem with her. Okay. Uh, I, this is a this is a tournament rules problem, actually. Um, so Amali is a legendary creature vampire scout. Uh, she's a two two. She costs black white. Uh, whenever it, it, she is ward, pay three life. We don't care about any of that. Whenever you gain life, Amalia explores. Then destroy all other creatures if its power is exactly 20. Okay. And so you mentioned that she was the star of this last weekend, yep. pioneer in the, in the regional championships. Correct. With Wild Growth Walker. Yes. And so the, the interaction with Wild Growth Walker, Wild Growth Walker says, whenever you explore, you gain some life. It does some other things. We don't actually cover anything else but Wild Growth Walker. It's a 1-3. Yeah. It's a 1-3. <laughs> it like puts counters on itself. It's dead at the end of this combo. So you don't actually care what it does, except that it gains you life. So these go back and forth. It's not optional. Once you start gaining life or exploring, you start climbing up. You, you can't it, stop. You, can, you cannot stop. Amazing. You're not allowed to. Amalia is an optional, and Wild Growth Walker is an optional. Uh, Wild Growth Walker <laughs> says, when you explore, gain life. Amalia says, when you gain life, explore. Okay, so you climb up to 20. You yep. can't stop yourself, and then Amalia kills all your stuff. Yeah. But what happens if you skip 20? What do you mean? It goes on forever and ever. Yeah, my, my opponent giant growth Amalia when she's at 18, so she goes straight to 21. Oh. Because it says if her power is exactly, exactly 20. 20. <gasps> yeah. Amazing. She should say 20 or great. Oh, she explores until you're... <laughs> no, here's the problem. So this is a loop of non-optional actions, which in the rules is a draw. <laughs> However, what the rules don't anticipate is that there might be cards involved in the loop that don't matter to the loop. The, the tournament rules don't really support this. And there's differing interpretations of them. Uh, I had one interpretation. A bunch of other judges agreed with me. The, the eventual policy statement from the RC's head judge, though, was in agreement with Wizards and in agreement with Toby Elliott, who writes policy, was that... So, so when wait. You explore, so here's the deal okay, with exploring you, you with Amalia. When you explore the Malia, you, you'll do the explore action, which is you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land, um, then you'll put a counter on her. Um, it, it, sorry. If it's a land, you'll go, go to your hand. If it's not a land, you'll put a counter on her. This is even true if you don't have any cards left in your library. You R can explore with no cards in your library. Really? Yeah. Wow. It just Damn. doesn't do anything most of the time. There's a whole bunch of like sections of like of rulings and stuff on exploring with no cards. It doesn't come up that often. Mm, I uh, guess but, I never even But this even loop knew. will happen even if you have no cards left. Amazing. Well, what ha what happens though if you explore into nothing? That's neither a nothing, land or It's an it, you get a counter. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, cuz it, cuz it's land and then other. <laughs> right? That's the Yeah, you're and right. So, you're right. So it, it it continues to count up and even if it didn't put counters on then you would still gain life from Wild Growth Walker, which would trigger her again. Yes. So the the question is, that card, do you have to mill it if it's a non-land? Because it's optional, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter whether or not it's on there for whether or not the loop continues. Counter or not, uh, like, yeah. you're getting, getting life from this because you explored. Oh, my God. So this is a policy problem so, because yeah. the, the, the loop rules do not anticipate an, an, a, a mandatory loop that has cards that don't matter in the middle of it, but that you might have to make choices about. Wow. Rude. Yeah. And so the, Amazing. Uh, my take, which was the incorrect take, by the way, was that the, that card doesn't matter. We don't care about it. They can decide to leave that card on top forever. It's a loop of mandatory actions. Changing that card or not doesn't break it. This is not the ruling that was made. The ruling that was made was Wizards wants you to mill. This will be updated in a future policy update. Um, and so at the RC, you were forced to mill out. And the reason that this is relevant is because your opponent might have a fatal push. So they might giant growth your Amalia, let you mill your whole library, and then fatal push her. That's, okay. what, that's what the opponents want to do. Sure. And so that was what the policy was for this event. It was announced in an email to our, all the RC competitors. My so they knew about it yes. before. They came yeah, they, the they knew about this Wednesday before the RC. Okay. So it was announced to all the RC competitors. Everybody's on the same, on the same playing field for it. I'm just frustrated that policy didn't anticipate this and that this card doesn't say uh, greater than or equal to 20. I mean, yes, that yeah. would have solved this issue. Yes. Wow. I can't believe this is only number nine. <laughs> uh, well, it's because what? it's tournament policy. Like yeah. the, the rules support this perfectly fine. And so this is, okay. this is like, this is a narrow tournament case for one tournament. That's very funny how yeah. people found a way to get around it though. I yeah. do have to say. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, it's what they want. It's what the players that aren't playing Amalia want. They want to be able to interact with it. Yeah. Or maybe they are playing Amalia and they're playing Giant Growth and and uh, Fatal Push themselves and whatever. Um, so, uh, number eight, Vraska, Betrayal Sting. Vraski. 
Um, I'm going to skip past all this stuff except that what matters because she's like a completed planeswalker. We could talk about that. But what I care about is her minus two. Her minus two says target creature becomes a treasure artifact with tap and sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color and loses all other card types and abilities. Yeah. Um, she make a treasure. Yep. She, she, you know, makes your creature into a treasure. Um, this is, we're going to go back to, to layers again. <laughs> so the, I had this come up in limited. This, the, the object gets these characteristics written onto it. It loses abilities. It, it gets this. It doesn't change the name. It doesn't stop being legendary if it was. Because uh, the, it becomes, it loses all of the card types, but legendary is a super type. I see. So you'll, if it's legendary, you'll have a legendary artifact treasure with the name unchanged because Raska doesn't touch the name. <laughs> and so the Mycosynth Gardens is a land that can copy a non-token artifact you control. Okay. Well, it doesn't stop being a non-token if Raska makes it a treasure. So if you copy the thing that she turned into a treasure, you get the base characteristics of the object. Okay. Which lets you like steal things up from underneath Vraska is locked down. Because you can Mycosynth Gardens to turn into a copy of your treasured card. Weird. But it's your card. It's your card. Amazing. And uh, so you could like on their end step activate Mycosynth Gardens, turn into a thing, and then attack with your uh, with your um, what is it? The Frex the new Frexian negator, Frexian obliterator, or not Frexian obliterator, Frexian big guy. Yeah, the, the white the white one. Yeah. Um, which has flying and gets to kill Vraska like a champ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I say this came up in limited, it came up during early access streamer event for me actually. I feel like I remember you tell, telling yeah, this story I, on I the show. I mentioned this yeah. before. It is not obvious that you can do this. That's you have so to have weird. a really deep knowledge of like what copy effects do. My opponent just like paused for a little bit. Yeah, like, I'm like yeah, I what I, is going I, yeah. on? <laughs> I get it. Yes. Like, like it I, happened. It happened. Um, five flying. <laughs> wow. Um, number seven. Um, Oher Papatik, Pakpatik, deepest epoch. Uh, so this is one of the gods, uh, and it is blue, blue two uh, for a four three flyer. Whenever you cast an instant spell from your hand, it gains rebound. Uh, which you'll exile that as it resolves. At the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast it from exile without paying its mana cost. And when um, Oher dies, return it to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control with three time counters on it. We're going to put that one in the queue for later. Uh, but the first <laughs> ability, the rebound, yeah, uh, you can give adventures that are instance rebound this way. So Virtue of Loyalty has an adventure with that is an instant on. Yes. It does. Which uh, is not obvious what happens here to most people. because okay. the, because And also, so there's two questions. There's the, the straightforward, like, the first time I've ever seen it, well, one of these is exiling, do I get to pick? And the answer is yes. And then the second oh. tier, like, I'm a deep judge question, which is, wait, is rebound not a self-replacement ability? Is adventure not a self-replacement ability? And the answer is neither of them are, so you get to pick. Um, self-replacement effects... Uh, have to be applied before other replacement effects. Yeah, if you're replacing yourself, you really got to think yeah, about yeah. it. You know what it's I mean? It's true. Yeah. Uh, and so the you get to pick if it's going to be Excel to Adventure. If it's going to be Excel to Adventure, then you'll be able to cast the Virtue of Loyalty later. Uh, but you won't get the rebound effect. If you rebound it, you won't be able to cast the, the Adventure half. But when it comes off of rebound, you can pick which half you're casting. So you could make another wow. knight and send it back to 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 Adventureland, or you can, or you can just make your five cost enchantment. Oh wow, that seems okay. It's, it's very cool, actually. That's, it's that very seems powerful. All right. Um, it's it like this is actually a cool enough thing that like I wouldn't mind playing this in a like a standard deck. Like it's it seems like a very a very nifty interaction. Yeah. Uh, but it's completely not obvious. Arena handles it just fine, uh, which is not the case for everything that. Has come up for new rules this year, but <laughs> excellent, great. Uh, six, Lazatep Convert, which is the backside of Invasion of Amonkhet, and I actually got this wrong during my rules, uh, during my rules show. Oh, do you oh. want to do you want a quiz? Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. So Lazatep Convert, it's a four four. Uh, it it's the backside of a battle, so you it doesn't have a, a cost. When you you may have Lazatep Convert enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard except it's a 4-4 black zombie in addition to its other types. So the the thing that this has going on is, once again, layers. Uh, this puts a copy, in the copy layer, it writes all this stuff on it. Um, it's a 4-4 black zombie, and the, the last type convert that entered doesn't get other things 
from that. It's named Lazotep Convert, um, or it's not It's named whatever the thing is. It isn't named Lazotep Convert. It's it's a copy of that thing, except that it overwrites those components. If that thing can transform, uh, so there's the creatures with the activated ability that transform them in place. Yeah. Um, they would transform to a different creature, and then they would stay Lazotep Converts. Okay. Because the Lazotep Convert copy effect was applying on top of they, they remain four four black zombies. They, they, you wouldn't be able to upgrade them into something else by transforming gotcha. them. Um, and it was a copy of that original creature, and so it actually wouldn't get the new abilities that were on the backside either. Because the copy effect would override it with the abilities from the front side. Gotcha. It's very weird. Sorry, my brain just bled out my ears. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, do you want an example creature? <laughs> yeah, like, give me an example. Yeah. So the... Uh, this is March the Machine, right? Mom. Yeah. Uh, Rob's using Scryfall like a boss over here. Yeah. Really, truly. With very cool, like, <laughs> uh, So if you hands. had something like, uh, let's pick a simple one of them. There's... Simple cards aren't printed anymore, Rob. Don't I know. be silly. Uh, Captive Weird, which is a 1-3 for single blue. It's Defender. And for Frexian, red, and three, Transform it. Activate only as a sorcery. Okay. Yeah. And so you'd have a Captive Weird in the graveyard. You'd copy it with Lazotep Comfort. It would be a 4-4 black zombie. Yes. Um... There would be a captive weird. And so then you activate the captive weird and it would transform. And so it would be completed conjurer, which is the backside of this. But the problem is that the, the Lazotip Convert's copy effect is still on there. It didn't stop being that object. So the same game object. Yeah, it's the same game object. And so it remembers, I'm a copy of captive weird. Yeah. And so it would keep all of the captive weird front components and it wouldn't gain any of the back components. You could transform it as many times as you want and it would... Be, be it, like, I'm still, it'd change its status and be like, I'm weird. still a captive weird. Hey, I'm a captive weird. So it wouldn't have the wow. text on the back. Right. It wouldn't have the text. You would you would turn it over to transform it, and then it would overwrite it with the whole with the whole captive weird front. Weird. Except weird. there would be a 4-4 black zombie. Very weird. Holy cow. Um, That's love bizarre. It. And okay. then they printed these gods that transform in a weird way. So you remember Ohir Papatik right yeah. above him? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if Lazotep Convert becomes a copy of Ohir Papatik, yeah. when, uh, when this Lazotep uh, this copy dies. Uh, copy dies. It will return it to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control because it had that ability when it was on the battlefield. And it'll return as a Lazotep convert because that's the B-side and then it gets to copy something in a graveyard. Wow. Which could be Ohir Papatik again. Wow. <laughs> that's okay. great. <laughs> Transform cards are very strange Oh sometimes. my God. That was um, a long way to get there, but we got yep. there, Rob. Yeah. Uh, if that was six, oh no, I don't know <laughs> if I can handle five. <laughs> the Roaming Throne. Roaming Throne is a four-cost artifact. It's an artifact creature golem. It has ward two. Uh, as it enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Roaming Throne is the chosen type in addition to its other types. If a triggered ability of another creature you control of the chosen type triggers, it triggers an additional time. So the triggers an additional time is not something that comes up a ton, uh, it came up notably in the last year on like three cards, though. Drivnod, Carnage, Dominus, and um, Elshnorn, Mother of Machines, or other ones. But Roaming Throne lets you just apply it to any triggers. Uh, those ones are specifically like ETB triggers or dice triggers. Roaming Throne is any trigger. And so there's a lot of triggers that say this triggers only once each turn. And I've actually gotten this question a number of times, which is, well, which wins? I'm like, well, the triggers only once each turn wins. It can't trigger an additional time. It already triggered once. And so, but that isn't obvious from those cards. Um, yeah, so if something says it triggers only once, yeah. their question is, does this override yeah, that? Yeah, does, does this give it a second trigger even though it says it can trigger only once? And the answer is no, because it can only trigger once, and Roaming Throne is actually making it trigger twice. But it can't. But it can't. Can't, be, can't beats can't. <laughs> can't um, beats can. Yep. Um, oh. I've also had the question from people who have to reread the card, and I get this. I had to read this card three times too. Uh, the... If a triggered ability of another creature you control, the chosen chosen type triggers. Ward is a triggered ability. Yes. So if it didn't say another, it would trigger ward two twice. <laughs> if you have creatures with ward, this is, they're good things to name with Roaming Throne because you double their ward. That's All right. cool. Yeah, it's very cool. All um, right. But uh, you need a second Roaming Throne, and then the two Roaming Thrones would see each other if you pick the same creature type for them. Oh, no. Because they are that, it's the chosen type. And so then they would each have <laughs> ward two twice, which is kind of like ward four, but more <laughs> annoying to click through. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. That, one's fun. uh, it, that one just requires a lot of rereading for people because it's got a lot of just, and I've had the, uh, for, I've had both of these questions like multiple times. So, um, invasion of Alara. Number this four. Is, yeah, number four. This is, I personally don't like this card very much because it has a hundred words and all of them matter. And the order that they're in matters too, which is very frustrating. <laughs> oh boy. If so, I have a hundred words, I prefer about 50 of them not to really matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah some of them fine. don't matter. The invasion of Alara is all colors. Doesn't actually matter. Um, so invasion of Alara, uh, white, blue, black, red, green battle siege starts at seven defense. When it enters the battlefield, exile cards from the top card of your library. Until you exile two non-land cards with mana value four or less. You may cast one of those two cards without paying its mana cost. Put one of them into your hand. Then put the other cards exiled this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. Now this, this first front face, the, the, the question that I have, there's a put one of them into your hand. And I think we talked about this during the pre-release too. And this yeah. kept I kept getting this. It's like, this card doesn't make any sense. What does that them refer to? One of the cards that you exiled. One of the whole set one, or one no, of the two? One of the, one of the two. One of the two that have mana value four or less. Yes. yes that's I, I the, remember you talking yeah, about this. Yeah, and this is, this is very difficult to parse out. What they want you to do is you reveal two cards. You may cast one. Um, you, may uh, you, you have to draw one. And then if you didn't cast the one, it's going uh, to get put on the bottom. You're only going to yeah. get to draw one card. Um, is what they want to do. They could have said, put the other, but if you didn't cast the card because you weren't allowed to cast it or you elected not to, then maybe you should put both of them in your hand. Yeah. I mean, that's not actually an unreasonable for a five cost card, but they didn't do it that way. Um, and the other doesn't make any sense because you might not have cast one of the cards. Um, <laughs> You're right. Yep. And so then Ooh. on the backside though, when you defeat this, it turns into Awaken the Maelstrom, which is annoying in other ways. Uh, so Awaken the Maelstrom is all colors. It's a sorcery. Target player draws two cards. You may put an artifact card from your hand onto the battlefield. Create a token that's a copy of a permanent you control. Distribute three <laughs> plus one plus one counters amongst one, two, or three creatures you control. And destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Oh, is that all? Yeah, it does five things. Yeah. Well, this is the, the thematically, yeah, this is the five shards. Five. Yeah, well, the five okay. shards each do one thing each in a particular order because that's the way that they want them to matter. But really weirdly... You make two choices. The choices are not listed in the order that you make them on this card. And I had people that were like, can I do this thing? And I'm like, yes. And then can you, I do this other thing? No, because you target first for both of the targets. So the first thing, the target player draws two cards and destroy okay, target permanent. I say permanent. me. Yeah. So you, you'll draw two cards. Yep. You'll target a permanent eye control. Even though it's listed fifth. Really? Yes, because targets always happen as the as part of casting the spell. The rest of it happens on resolution. Oh, oh that's that's nonsense. It this, should be in the right order. Yeah, or they could have just moved the destroy target permanent up to the front. They don't they don't need to it, like the rest of the order matters. It could be target player draws two cards, destroy target permanent <laughs> opponent controls. Dead over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, why um we're on what we're on four? This yeah. is only four. <laughs> this is only four. Uh and so the and the other thing is that you can Put an artifact card out and then copy it, which that makes sense. And that's what you want to be able to do. Yes. And okay. then, and then if it's an artifact creature, you can put like counters on that thing. Okay. Uh, right away. Okay. Uh, but we that all makes that sense. Part. Those, those all make sense. The target up front target at the end, but that's oh. not the way that you play the card is very annoying. Yes. Oh, um, I agree. Yucko. Uh, three blood letter of Alcazots. Uh, Alcazots. Sorry. I can't, I can't letter today. Uh, so this is a, a two four vampire demon for black black and two. And he is a very cute. Is very. <laughs> is he? It looks like a little owl face on a bat body. Sure. Fair. Is that its face up yeah, there? Yeah. I think so. It's carrying a, a morning star with an extra spiky end that doesn't make any sense, but that's fine because it can fly. Yeah. Um. Anyways, anyways, someone plays this against me, and yeah. It's very good. It's a 2-4 yeah, flyer. It is quite good. If an opponent would lose life during your turn, they lose twice that much life instead. Um, and it reminds you, damage causes loss of life. Why? Uh, hmm? <laughs> because it, it, so damage isn't losing life, though. Damage causes it. So if I attack you, <laughs> so if I, somehow I give this lifelink. So there's there's plenty of ways in the set to get this lifelink. Okay, yep. sure. Um, yep. I attack you with this lifelinking 2-4 flyer. Okay. Um, and it you let it through. 
Yep. And it deals you some amount of damage and I gain some amount of life. What are those numbers? Well, two. Four and two. And two. Yeah. Four and two. Because it doubles the life the life loss, but it doesn't double the damage, so you don't double the life link. Correct. What? Yep. Why? Because, because it, it, the damage is what determines how much life link is there. Losing life doesn't determine whether or not you gain life from life link. The amount of damage dealt does. Only oh, two boy. damage was dealt. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I know this because I play, I've played a lot of Platinum Imperium where my opponent's like, I'm going to make a lifelinking fire and attack you with it. And I'm like, my life total can't change. You still dealt me damage. Uh, so they I still gain it, their I life. Guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the uh, damage processing happens in particular steps with particular results. I'm damage processing right now. Yeah. That's one fair. Uh, the other question that I've gotten <laughs> is whether or not two copies of this uh, will will stack the way that you want them to, whether or not they'll be mul multiplicative, which they will be. Two doubles Ooh. to four doubles to eight. Nice. Because Sick. you double the loss of life, and the second one can still double the loss of life, and so it doubles the doubling. Yeah. Uh, which is quite okay. good. Um, but Let me the, tell you, having played against it, one copy is already Oh, yeah, one copy is very good. One uh, copy, gonna get the job uh, done. The other thing is that in Commander, <laughs> uh, you have the same lifelink problem, where the Commander damages damage... Oh. That then causes higher loss of life. So if I attack you with a 5-5 five, five commander and hit you for 5, that's 5 commander damage and 10 life loss. <laughs> Great. Great. Why not? Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Welcome to welcome to the Arcana section of Magic Rules. <laughs> I don't know why this card is printed like it, like it is. Uh, um, so number two, Agatha's Sold Cauldron. The big breakout artifact... Oh, yeah. From Wilds of Eldraine. Megan thinks this is the year of the artifact. Would you agree? I think that's... So... <laughs> I don't think it's the year that has had the most powerful artifacts printed. But it is the year, year of, of the, the artifact. artifact. Yeah. <laughs> See? It, it might have had the most artifacts printed, especially if and you count tokens. That's what I'm saying. And the year in which you were most likely to play them in, in like, draft formats. Yeah. And so you're most likely to have a bunch of garbage artifacts out because the formats yeah. have been food heavy, clue heavy, like. Um, but it, even just, I'm talking about like yeah. Tithing Blade and like, oh, right, yeah. there's like so many artifacts that yeah. you actually play where in, I feel like in earlier formats, this was a whole other conversation. Okay, yep. I'm sorry I brought it into this. <laughs> no, it makes. Yeah. Keep it in its place. It's, it, I mean, yeah. this is the, the like, there are definitely two artifact sets that are, sets that are more powerful. Three yeah. artifact sets that are more powerful. Yeah. Three artifact blocks that are more powerful exactly. than this here. But yeah, but like, the general like baseline yeah. non-artifact centric set. Yeah, how many artifacts, artifacts you end up without? Yeah, yeah I, I can buy that. All right, Agatha and her back cauldron. to Agatha and her cauldron. Yeah. So this is a two mana legendary artifact. It says you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate abilities of creatures you control. Don't care. Uh, creatures you control with plus one plus one counters of them have all activated abilities of all creature cards exiled with Agatha's Soul Cauldron. Oh, I smell a problem coming. Yeah, no, you got it. Mm. Uh, you remember that timestamp problem? Yeah. Um, so Agatha's tricks you because the next ability is exile target card from a graveyard. When a creature card is exiled this way, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Um, so the the trick is, so if you have a, a creature and your opponent removes all abilities from it, uh, there's a number of ways to do so, including the number one card, which is next. Um, it depends on the timestamp of when Agatha's Soul Cauldron entered the, entered the battlefield versus the timestamp of the ability adding and removing effect. So if your opponent has a 2-2 that starts with no abilities, and you remove the abilities from it, then they play the Soul Cauldron, and they exile a creature card with an activated ability from the graveyard. The Soul Cauldron came after the ability adding and removing, so it'll grant an ability. But if the cauldron was out before you remove the abilities, then the uh -oh. cauldron's effect is first. And so the removing removes whatever abilities the cauldron grants, even though you exiled a new thing to the cauldron and oh, you put no. a new counter on that creature. But the timestamp is based on when the soul cauldron enter, oh, entered no. the battlefield. Oh, no. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know what else to say. We're, we're, oh, we're no. going to boil this down to the very simplest version of this. So let's say that I have an ability that says enchanted creature is... 1-1. One, one. And you have an, a, a thing that says Enchanted Creature is a 4-4. Four, four. The later one should win, should overwrite the other one, right? That's just the very basic. And that's based on when they come out. 
That's the that's whatever you oh. apply the thing. But timestamps are based on when the thing comes out. If you have an enchantment that says all creatures you control are four fours, and I play an enchantment that says enchanted creatures a one one. If your creature came first, you want mine to overwrite yours. Yeah. Okay. Agatha Soul Cauldron has these tricky other things, but it doesn't matter. That creatures you control with plus one plus one counters in them ability is, all, is, is based is on when thing. Agatha Soul yeah. Cauldron entered the battlefield. Okay. Even though all you right. do other stuff to determine what set of stuff, because if you animate a creature, if you play a creature later, it still should be based on when the Soul Cauldron entered the battlefield. I'm I'm fine. So this is this is Godric, except with a lot of tricks. I'm, wow, I'm I'm fine. You're fine with that. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. Yeah. This I've is a very being fine. Like in addition to the fact that this grants you activated abilities that shouldn't exist together on the same card. I uh, went like, through a lot those of emotions. Are all complicated. You did. Yeah, there's a whole journey yeah. over there on the other side of the table. Yeah. But like, I arrived at being like, fine. Like this is this is the complicated stuff. Agatha Soul Cauldron's like the stuff that it does that you want it to do is yeah. also complicated. Like the you can grant it the ability to add minus one minus one counters to your creature, and then you have to determine if a minus one minus one or a plus one plus one cancels. It does all sorts of things in all sorts of formats. It grants you multiple abilities that come from different sources that don't behave well together. Like those are all complicated. This is the one that's very annoying because dress down and this don't yeah don't talk in a sensible way or. My next card, number one, <laughs> Tashana's Tidebinder. I'm trying to steal I'm my so stuff. Afraid. I'm trying to steal so, my stuff. All right, stuff let's here. go. Tashana's Tidebinder, blue and two for yeah. a creature. It's a merfolk wizard. It's a three, two with flash. This card's incredible before I get to any of the text. Yeah. Like it's a three, two for flat with flash for three with a relevant creature type. Two relevant creature types, in fact. Yeah. When it enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability. If an ability of an artifact, creature, or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent loses all abilities for as long as Tishana's Tidebinder remains on the battlefield. I've Tidebound somebody before. It's very good. I've never looked at this card, and I don't want to again. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I've watched people do all sorts of incredibly fun and cool things with it. Like, I watched uh, somebody try to get their opponent with a Cauldre Complete in the middle of combat with Sigarda's Aid's instant equip, or not Sigarda's Aid, the, there's an instant equip about, uh, enchantment. Uh-huh. And that that Hammer plays. And they were like, I want to move this. And the opponent's like, nah, I want to counter your equip ability. Removes the abilities from it. No longer wow. use your, your germ 5-5. Five five. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very bad okay. for the, for the yeah. uh, other bad. player. Uh, but these are like, like the basic cases are a little bit complicated because they have to figure out, you know, does this germ lose the 5-5? Five five? Yes, it does because that lost its ability so it doesn't grant this anymore. Um, but it does some weird stuff. If you have a creature with a triggered ability and also a power toughness setting ability. So like Tarmogoyf has an ability that sets its power and toughness. Sure. And Tishana's Tidebinder counters the the other ability. Uh, it doesn't give them a new power toughness setting ability. It just wipes it out. Which oh. means tar- if you somehow you give Tarmogoyf an activated or triggered ability and Tidebound that, then it would end up as a zero one because that's what's printed in the corner of Tarmogoyf. Yeah. Great. Uh, relevant because there's a creature like this in the set uh, in uh, Wilds of Eldraine. Yes. That is a star, star plus one. Um, this also does, it, this also has a duration that could never start, uh, which is does something that doesn't come up very much, but. What do you mean? Um, as long as Tide, Tishana's Tidebinder remains on the battlefield is a duration, but that doesn't, it wouldn't start until the triggered ability resolves. So if I flash Tishana's Tidebinder, counter your activated ability, and you kill the Tidebinder in response to my Tishana's Tidebinder trigger, then it won't ever remove the abilities from your thing. It won't stop having abilities and it won't regain them. It just, the duration never starts. Because the okay. du- it, because yes. yeah, th- that, that makes sense. That yeah, that, nice. makes, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, that's just a little strange and it doesn't come up that much. Um, and it counters unusual things, including... It can do in standard, it can counter the triggered ability of a saga. Now, sagas, when you add a counter, they trigger, and then you you can counter it with a Tidebinder. Well, sagas aren't artifacts, creatures, or planeswalkers, usually, and so it doesn't remove their ability. Okay. But have you heard of the card Abila's Awakening? Yeah. Yeah, it reanimates a saga into a creature sometimes. All right. Which makes it a creature. And now... Now Tishana's Tidebinder can get rid of its ability. Wow. And so when you get rid of this of Saga's ability, uh, what happens? It has a it has a counter on it. It had a counter added because it entered the battlefield. Abilis Awakening reanimated your three blind mice or whatever. Uh-huh. And so Tishana's Tidebinder counters the ability to make a mouse token. It's a creature, it loses its abilities. What 
What is it? Yeah, what what do you assume is going to happen to this saga? It just is it just is, is there. It, it's just there doing it's nothing. It's just there. No, it dies. What? what? It's it so it's a saga. It didn't remove the types. So it's still type saga. Uh-huh. It has no chapter abilities and one <gasps> Oh, and if, uh, one if saga it doesn't have any it. counters on it, then if it, it, it has a counter on it, which is uh-huh. greater than the highest chapter number it has, which is 0. And so it dies. Because you can't have a counter on it with greater than the number of chapters. Correct. If, if, it, if a saga has four chapters and five counters on it somehow, because you proliferate it, like had a double prol- proliferate card, it'll die, right? It because, has more counters. Because it thinks, now I'm yeah, done. Now I yeah, go to the graveyard. I have greater than or wow. equal to the number of chapters. I lost all my chapters. Wow. Therefore, I have this counter therefore, on me. Therefore, well, I'm dead. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, logically, well, I must be therefore dead. Therefore, I am dead. Yep. Interesting. And so Tishana's Logic tied, got him in the end. <laughs> yep. And so Tishana's Tidebinder will interact with a bunch of these cards in here in very questionable and weird ways. Um, it can counter stuff that we normally don't counter. Like we do. There, there are cards running around. There's Void Slime. There's Stifle that counter things. But normally these cards aren't very good. Like Void Slime costs three mana to counter anything. And Disallow did the same thing, I think. Blue, blue, mm-hmm. one. And they're fine. Tishana's Tidebinder leaves behind a 3-2, so you just play it all the time if you can. Yeah. Like just it counters wow. all sorts of stuff that you shouldn't normally counter. Turns off like triggers that don't normally apply can turn off abilities um you can do things like they they activate their creature land they attack with it and trigger it in combat and you're like wipe out its abilities wow um because you'll you'll hit their combat trigger and it's a creature yeah what if you do it while they're attacking with it then what does it then what happened to it is it Uh, it still attacking creature when, but if so it's it not a creature, it can't attack, right? Yeah, it right? can't be in combat anymore. <laughs> and now it permanently has no abilities. Even though the is a creature wears off at end of turn, Tishana's Tidebinder only cares at the time the trigger resolves about what the current characteristics of the object are. So you wipe out the abilities in their creature land that they attacked you with that had a triggered ability. Amazing. So they end up with a, with a ability-less land. That's you a beautiful know? thing. Yeah, it's what not. It, it's very. It, Tishana's Tidebinder does a lot of strange stuff. Oh. Um, Truly worthy of it, a number one spot this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it. And, and like I said, the, some of these were just how much I was irritated at them, and some of them, like Amalia, is not a comp rules problem. It's a. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's a policy problem in the MTR, and there is comp rules on loops, but there's, the MTR stuff yeah. is where we care about, like whether or not you're stalling. Yep. Well, dear listeners, wow. I hope yeah. that your brains are still intact after after this brain bending segment. <laughs> Thank you so Judge much, Rob. Rob. You're welcome. Um, and you know, I like Tishana's Tidebinder. Therefore, we are dead. <laughs> 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 Thank you for this. Therefore, therefore, we, are, we put we ten are, chapters on the side and removed its abilities. Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yep. Our abilities have been removed. <laughs> <laughs> Our ability to podcast. Our abilities removed. They have been removed. Yep. <laughs> everybody for listening to this episode of good luck high five and having this wonderful walk yes. back through 2023 with the most confusing cards printed this year rob thank you so much You're welcome um you normally don't get to stay for our end segment but here no. but you get to this time yeah you trap me you trap well it's back in the cage after yeah, this so. I, I know it's a problem <laughs> yeah. so don't worry i've got some iceberg lettuce coming your way later iceberg lettuce you usually give me romaine well oh <laughs> no i thought even less taste might suit yeah, you today that's, that's fair <laughs> <laughs> after no. what you've done to us after what you've segment. done with this segment how, how yeah. could you oh. um, this is truly fascinating and yeah. I do like to go over this stuff because people love the weird and wacky things cards can do in magic and yep. these are certainly weird and wacky that you brought to us this year uh, everybody uh, next episode is our Crimby's episode which we're very excited to bring you to award the best of and the worst of of 2023 and um, we've got a date now to, t- to tell you about for the release of Good Luck I-5's very first Commander video. Yeah. Which um, we're so excited to bring you. Um, It'll be this Friday. This Friday, 7 p.m. Central. It is going to have a live premiere on YouTube. So put it on your calendars now if you want to join us for the live premiere, which is really fun because we are all in the chat talking about it as you get to it's watch true. it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rob will be there. Yep, it's Friday the 22nd, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah Friday Come the 22nd. Out. Come yep. in, hang out, and watch the video with us. Yep. Have a great time. Uh, Rob dressed very festively for the video. Yes. It's true. We all well, did. We all did, and Rob it, especially did. Yeah, it, well, it it was my birthday weekend. Yeah, true. So Happy birthday as well, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, thank you one more time. 
uh, to all of our patrons. Yes. To Aston, Marco, Alex, Jeff, and Braille Whale. Thank you. Uh, to all those are for new or increasing pledges. And thank you again to all of our patrons. Yeah, you can become a new patron before our next episode, The Grimbies, by going to patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Thank you as well to Card Kingdom. You can check them out at cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. And thank you to everybody at Wizards of the Coast uh, who <laughs> who prints these weird cards that we don't understand yes. what they do. And speaking of weird cards, thank you to Magic Kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For helping everybody out this year. Yay. Yeah. And thank you to Rob for bringing us numbers about how many people they helped. Yeah. It's and thousands of kids. It is so good. So, so cool. If you need so to get rid cool. of bulk, contact them. Um, yeah. They'll help you out. Yeah. We, we will accept it and then turn it into into useful fun things for kids rob what so, are you looking forward to in 2024 magic wise uh, 2024 i'm going to be judging on the pro tour for the first time in a while wow, so, wow. very yeah, exciting i'm going to be at, judging the pro tour at uh magic on chicago and so we get to see you hang out with you yes and, very exciting. yeah and then um there's a bunch of stuff going on in the magic world in the next year uh there's certainly going to be another CubeCon date hasn't been announced yet but that's going to be exciting People and, loved that this year. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge, great event. Uh, and so there's a, there's just a lot of good things going on in the magic world for events, which is the kind of stuff that I do. So Awesome. Well, well, we'll Rob, see you out there. See you yeah. out you there. You can see Rob out there. Yeah. yeah. See, you see me at the Pro Tour. <laughs> <laughs>